0: you're listening to choose fi radio the blueprint for financial independence lives here if you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement you're in the right place Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose FI, your home for financial independence online.
1: everyone very excited about today's episode we are going to be speaking with my co-host Brad Barrett and what we want to extract from him is really highlighting this idea of failure but kind of flipping that on its head and pointing out to you the power of failure and how Brad iterated failure into eventual success which he's realizing today and how you can too so with that Brad welcome back to the studio Episode number two. That's right. We made it to our whole second That's episode. Very impressive. I think what we really decided we wanted to do today is dive right in and talk a little bit about your journey. Um, I've heard your story, you know, in the past and it's it's an awesome one, But but our audience hasn't and we would really like a chance to kind of share what that progression was. So just in the studio a little bit earlier, we were talking about it and we wanted to really dive in and figure out how did you make that leap from being in the cubicle, you know, nine to five at a major tax firm to saying, you know what? I want to try something different. I want to I want to see what this life of financial independence looks like. I want to experiment with this laptop lifestyle. How do you how do you do that?
2: Yeah, it's uh it's been a long process. I mean, I am not an overnight success story by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this has been a journey filled with ups and downs and you know, a lot of stress, a lot of amazing successes, but it's one of these things where I'm just so thankful I started on that path. And it's, it's, I guess it's been about eight years now, which is quite a long time when I think about it. Uh, I think the original genesis of just having any idea of starting an online business was Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week. Yeah, I'm sure many of you out there have read. If not, highly recommend. It's a wonderful book. You know, and he talked about setting up these muses, as he called them, which were essentially setting up passive income streams that would work for you while you're sleeping. And I think one of the things he sold was some kind of like French sailor shirts, which sounds insane. Jonathan's sitting here cracking up, but but it was really it was the process. It was yeah. this testing and you know, actually drop shipping physical products, but doing it with minimal risk. And this just really appealed to me. So, I mean, that was the original thing. But then immediately after reading it, I realized, oh, wow, one of my friends actually does this drop shipping. He had a site with ink cartridges, so remanufactured ink cartridges. And he was very successful. He'd had the site for years and years, going back to really the infancy of e-commerce. So, you know, I had a buddy who who was on the ground doing this. So that was like the perfect jumping off point. And I actually convinced him to go into a partnership with me and I would learn everything. I possibly could. And we would just take his knowledge and just kind of go from there and hopefully be successful. Obviously, as you hope every business venture would be. We wound up selling, I kid you not, firewood racks. Okay. So, you know, firewood for your fireplace. On
1: your, on your ink cartridge site. No. Uh, oh, that's right. That's what he
2: had. Yep. 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 So right. His site was ink cartridges. That I was How did you I settle on bothered. firewood racks? Yeah. <laughs> there is a site called Flippa. FlipPA.com. I, I think it still exists. Uh, it'll probably redirect to a, a new site if Flippa doesn't exist anymore. But it's an online marketplace mm-hmm. that sells different sites. Many like an of, Empire Flipper. I think that's exactly. the one that I've seen yep, now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Empire Flipper is, is is a big name now. So, yeah, very similar concept. And we wound up finding this site that my friend, who, you know, again, had experience with uh, websites, dropshipping, and SEO that he thought was interesting. And we bought this site. For five hundred and twelve dollars. Wow, five hundred and twelve dollars. Okay, it was ranking in like the top 10 in the, the major keywords for firewood rack and firewood storage awesome. rack, right? It's, I don't
1: even think you have a fireplace. <laughs> no, I don't, I've, I've, I've
2: never lit a fire in my entire life. I've never seen one of these products, but we sold firewood racks. And we went up just at the time there were SEO strategies and we, we were able to get the site up into the, the upper reaches of the first page in Google. Nice. And, you know, we the would mythical get the first page. Yes, yes, yes. And we would get an email that someone purchased. Someone came to my dopey little firewood rack site, spent three hundred dollars on a firewood rack. And I get an email. I just forward it to the manufacturer who does all the work. They packaged it up. They shipped it out. And I did nothing. All I did was forward an email, and I made the profit, which is somewhere twenty to thirty percent on it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, absolutely. So it was a really elegant business model, but unfortunately, the firewood rack industry online is not <laughs> not the largest niche, as you can imagine. Oh, is so, that a small
1: niche? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it is. It is surprising. Surprising. So it just honestly didn't go anywhere. And this kind of gets into some other failures I had online, which was we did some shady stuff with SEO at the time. It was like back in the days with like keyword stuffing and writing all these articles yep. on like these, I don't even know what they call them anymore, but like essentially content farms yep. that you would like get links back to your site. It was just like the spammiest thing. And like, I knew in my heart of hearts, and this is gonna this is gonna tie into stuff later. I knew in my heart of hearts that this was the wrong thing to do, but it was what everybody was doing. And you know, while I always go against that in my life, for some reason I just said, okay, all these other guys are raking in money this must be how you do it. Yeah. So we did it and Google's Panda and Penguin algorithm updates came out and we just got decimated. I mean,
1: (laughs) absolutely decimated. I've heard about that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, to to Google's great credit, right? Yeah, no, I've got it happen. Yeah, it should. It should have happened. I mean, we deserve to be punished. You know, tens of thousands of sites that were garbage like ours deserve to be punished. And that's a lesson, right? When you know something's wrong, when you know you're doing the wrong thing, stop. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that was a Suda success for a little bit and then an utter failure and deservedly so. And I started some other sites at the same time, which so pr- before yeah, you go yeah, too
1: sure. far away, that, can we talk was how profitable was it?
2: You know, from a percentage basis, it, it was somewhat profitable just because like I said, you're just forwarding these emails. You're, you know, it was something like a 30% profit margin, which was it a living? No, it was nowhere near. It was, it was a tiny little niche. Okay. It was nowhere near a living. I mean, a fraction fraction of it. And not to mention that I had a 50% partner. So yeah, okay. yeah really nothing successful in the grand scheme of things. But like you said, it, it could have been something we could have replicated. It was a right? model. Yes. And that was, that was really what I was going for. But again, after we got just crushed by Google, it was something that we just probably yeah. left a bad
1: taste in your mouth.
2: Too, yeah. At that point. So we just pretty much stopped then. And, you know, I had some other sites that were similar that just got eaten down by google and i had put years into this at that point a couple of years and it was pretty demoralizing and again it was my own fault so I mean, they were demoralizing be but
1: before we just completely move on to the next venture i mean what what can you talk about maybe some of the skills that you learned this was not your final plan but you had to have come away with some new skill set even with those failures yeah
2: no that's absolutely correct and i mean just literally learning how to set up a website mm-hmm. i mean learning wordpress
1: because you don't have a computer background you weren't, No, i
2: mean i'm an i'm a Dopey accountant. I mean, I I know
1: nothing. Excel, of I mean, you're probably great. Yeah, at.
2: It. Excel, I can I can do. That's Excel and math. That's about all I got. Mm-hmm. But I had no clue any of this stuff from buying a domain name to what DNS means to getting hosting and actually creating to a the site. word SEO. Right, search engine optimization. Who who knows that? That's not in this world. And you know, learning rudimentary html that's Mm -hmm. something i i never would have thought in a million years i would know but coming from an accountant's brain like i love the logic of it i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's really neat it makes me wonder if i would have been interested in that i've learned belatedly in my mid to late 30s that that it would have been interesting but you learn these these tasks and that was a toolbox a skill set that i simply did not have so that learning curve i already beat it the trepidation for getting into this and starting a new site for most people that is difficult to overcome and we're gonna have a tutorial on our site on on how we created Choose FI. And Jonathan has done a masterful job on that. And the site looks like a million bucks. It looks like a, a site that would have that has existed for years. But he put his heart and soul into that. And he spent dozens, if not hundreds of hours learning and iterating and and just making it as, as good as it can be. And I learned that skill set that would that would help me and really get over the the nervousness of starting. So that, I guess, is what I would take away from that experience.
1: Yeah, and I guess to everyone, if you're interested in finding out you know, how we went about making chooseify.com, what tools and resources do we use, uh, we'll have all that information at chooseify.com slash blog. And it's kind of scary, like even giving yourself permission to learn a new skill. I feel like this was you just starting to test the waters, tiptoe into it, and you kind of get better and a little bit more confident as you go. Is that accurate? Yep. Is, that, is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, without, a doubt. without um, a doubt. So, you know, that was not particularly successful, but you, I think probably you could say that you learned how to figure out what the question was. You didn't necessarily know the answer right away, but you figured out how to ask the question and where to go find the information. Um, yeah,
2: without a doubt. And, you know, I also learned some things obviously not to do, as I've mentioned. I also learned some people succeed wildly in things that they don't care one iota about okay but i know for myself i learned this about myself that i was not interested in firewood racks i was not interested in these other dopey you know content farms that i created on nursing Mm -hmm. programs in new york city which honestly (laughs) we had this one keyword and and i doubt this keyword will do anything but it was lpn programs in nyc okay now that one page made us like $500 a month what? in Google AdSense alone. I kid you not. Oh so, my god. You know, Jonathan's wheels are spinning now. You know how can I create a nursing site? That's right. That's but, right. But, LPN, I mean, honestly,
1: like, RN, I
2: <laughs> So, I mean for a very short time, that one page that I had someone I outsourced that article for I think $4. I kid you not, $4. That article made 4 to $500 a month for a couple months until we got decimated. So, you know, I'm, you know, you learn, you learn a lot of these things. And, and I learned what I didn't want to do, which was the drudgery of something that I wasn't interested in. So that was an essential takeaway for me. And the next thing was, okay, I can either give up at this point. I've invested a couple of years, nights and weekends, time away from my wife that amounted to essentially nothing on, you know, on paper, if, if you're looking from the outside it amounted to nothing, but I knew that it amounted to something because I had learned all these things over those years. I would put in the time And I could have given up or I could have doubled down and taken what I learned that I need something that I'm passionate about and create a new project.
1: And that's what I did. And what was that next project?
2: Yeah. So that was a personal finance site. Surprise, surprise. You know, we're here talking about financial independence and early retirement. And the personal finance site was called richmondsavers.com. Obviously, the name doesn't evoke, you know, national aspirations. It was we live in Richmond, Virginia. We save money. That, that essentially is what it means. You know, some people think it's like a coupon blog or some
0: godforsaken <laughs> thing like that.
2: But, uh, you know, I kind of figured at that point and I took what I learned about SEO and about getting some media attention. And I said, OK, look, I'm never going to be a national level blogger in all likelihood. The, the odds are hugely stacked against me, but I can get some local press enrichment. So that was actually the thought process behind richmondsavers.com. And that actually kind of fast forward a little bit since I'm talking about it is we've been interviewed by all three major TV networks here in Richmond because the reporter found us through a simple Google search. So it was the one literally typed into Google, saving money, Richmond, Virginia. And we showed up on the first page. She sent us
1: an email, right? I mean, how amazing is that? And what do you think was putting you on the first page at that point? Was it SEO skills? Did you have backlinks? I mean,
2: I think it's a combination
1: of Yeah. I mean,
2: site authority is probably some of it. At that point, we had some links from other personal finance sites that were significant. I can't point to them exactly Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's hard to place the timeline. And
1: And, content. Did you have a lot of content at that point? Yeah.
2: I mean, we certainly had, you know, many dozens of articles. So, you know, I think we naturally showed up in Google rankings. So it was organic. Yeah. And, but it was neat to have that plan in the back of my head that said, okay, it's possible we're going to get some media attention in Richmond. And it literally happens organically, like you said, yeah. you know, I mean, that's cool. That, that's that one of those cool. things that I point to and say, well, I did that right. That was a good plan.
1: So already from this conversation, um, you're thinking about finding a niche. What is that niche going to be? How far down that rabbit hole do you go? And then at what point do you pull back and you say, you know what? I do want to broaden my audience a little bit. I need a few more people. So FireX, maybe a little bit too niche. Richmond Savers, maybe a maybe a great idea, depending on how much you want to scale your business. So from there, I mean, that, that site's still going. What do, what do you think it was? about that particular site that really helped it elevate itself above the noise
2: yeah so i mean there are as we know thousands of personal finance sites and i would say i would say it's twofold one is personal relationships i feel in life and business even though this is the online world right personal relationships still matter they matter really more than anything you know once you're minimally qualified right in in just about anything it's creating and this is not networking in that scammy kind of here's my business card look how great i am type of way but just creating genuine personal relationships and i've gotten links and people helping me out just because i was a genuine person and i helped them out and i'll kind of come back to this in a minute but really where my site gained some attention was Was through this concept of travel hacking and we'll talk about this in the future in depth but it's basically using credit card rewards points to travel for free or close to free and i wasn't the originator of this concept by any stretch of the imagination you know i came into the game pretty late but what i wound up doing was researching a trip to walt disney world for my family there are millions of families who go to disney world every single year and it's expensive. It costs four to $5,000 just for the hotel, the flights, the park tickets. I mean, it's ridiculously expensive. And I kind of realized, okay, maybe there's a way to tie travel hacking into this trip to Disney and also onto my website, because I know if, if my family could benefit from this, that the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other families could benefit as well. So I had it in the back of my mind that this is something that could take off right? Like this is something that could really resonate with people and get national level attention.
1: And I'm noticing two or three things there. You have this question, this idea is paying for it just outright the best way to do it. Is there maybe a better way? And then you're willing to research it and you come up with an answer. And then now- you're going to do something really cool with this answer outside of just using it for yourself, right?
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, that's, you have an itch and you scratch it, right? Like I knew there had to be a better way. I just knew it. And I just simply couldn't pay $5,000 of, out of pocket to go to Disney World for five days. That was, that was just simply not going to happen. So I did a ton of research. I opened these credit cards, these very targeted credit cards to put this trip together. And we wound up getting there for, I think all told, it was like $150 for the three main sections that I talked about. And I blogged about it in precise step-by-step detail of, hey, look, we're not bozos off the street. My wife and I are both CPAs. We're fairly legitimate. If we can do this and we can research it and we think that it's legitimate, here's here's how you can do it. And we wound up getting really huge attention, outsized attention for this. We wound up getting mentioned in this superbly popular article in the New York Times in, I think it was January of 2014 at this point, which is a, quite a long time ago. But it Just blew up our site. I mean, it literally blew up our site. Actually, the site crashed almost immediately, but luckily <laughs> we had backups, which is another tip for anybody making a site out oh, there. Oh, gosh, please, please backup have backups. Your yes,
1: and everyone listening to this, we've actually worked with Brad and with a team of like world class travel rewards experts to put together an updated guide for the Disney trip. Uh, so if you're listening to this any at any point in the future and you want to find out, does this still work? How can I best optimize this today when I'm listening uh, to do that? Just go to choosefi.com/disney, choosefi.com/disney.: Yeah, and then now th- that exposure completely did move you to a national platform.
2: Yeah, without a doubt, and you can always say. I was in the New York Times. I was featured in the New York Times. And those little trust things, they matter. They really do. I mean, people come to your site and you see a little As Seen On. And on my site, it's the Huffington Post, mm-hmm. Lifehacker. And I actually have an interesting story about Lifehacker that ties into the personal relationships that I was talking about 10 minutes ago, which is I had befriended a a writer. She had her own personal finance site. I helped her with travel hacking personally. So this was part of how I, I got my name out there, which is I offered my time and advice and expertise for free to anybody. It wasn't just bloggers. This was not some master Machiavellian plan to become successful. This was, I would help anybody that came to me, basically. And you know, my name got out there in the personal finance blogger community that, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. He'll jump on the phone with you for 30 minutes and help you out. And he's not looking for anything in return. Yeah. And I wound up helping someone a couple years before, and I wound up writing her an email just to say hello and tell her about this project that I was doing with the Disney World trip and just seeing if she could help in any way. And she said, you know, no, it's, it doesn't really fit into my audience. They're really targeted towards millennials. But she's like, you know, I do write for Lifehacker and I could see my editor being interested in like a ask me anything Q&A with you just for credit card rewards or travel hacking. And I'm like, okay, you know, that that sounds amazing. So literally within one day, I had a 60-minute live Q&A planned for the following Monday on Lifehacker. I mean, that's how quickly this went down. She just sent an email to her editor. He said, that sounds fantastic. And we set it up. And there I was as an expert on Lifehacker on credit cards and credit card rewards points. And
1: you literally turned maybe like three days worth of Google searches into, you became an expert, right? I mean, you you, you had a question, you figured out the answer, you documented it. So you now had a resource and all of the other stuff that you had to learn to learn the core essentials gave you this platform to be an expert in this topic.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And being an expert, quote unquote, I don't love that word because I think a lot of us still have that imposter syndrome, which, you know, we'll talk about down the road, but Being an expert is being better than, not better than, but knowing more than 95% of people. And clearly I have that on travel hacking. You know, am I the world's foremost expert on travel hacking? No, I'm not.
1: I mean, if you go, if you go meet, uh, if you go down to just some sort of meeting place, their library, and you find a hundred people and you ask them about travel hacking, they're going to think you're talking about putting extra stuff in your suitcase. I mean, that just, people just don't talk about
2: that. So it's a pretty low bar
1: to be even a moderate expert uh, in that space. Yeah.
2: And it, you know, it just takes some research and it takes a platform, right? I had that platform at richmondsavers.com to put it together. And I think people also relate to real people, Mm -hmm. as as silly as that sounds. But we don't hold ourselves out as experts. We have a picture of our family of four with our two daughters smiling out at everybody. We are a real family. And that was something that I always, always really stressed, right? I'm a regular guy. You know, I was sitting in an office just like you doing my tax returns and hoping for a way out, right? And I worked and I found it. So I am not any different. And I think people people relate to that. And they want to know that they can actually do this. And I think that's part of what we're doing here at Choose FI, right? We are experimenting and we're showing you the good, the bad, the ugly of this. We don't know how all these experiments are going to turn out, but we're going to experiment in front of you. That's why we call it the fishbowl. Yeah. You know, you're going to get to look in and see what we do. And I mean, that's really cool.
1: And you don't need to do everything that we're doing, but at some point you need to see somebody model something for you and to see that it's possible and not always see the finished product, but to actually see it as it's happening and see where it goes. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring for me when I see somebody doing it. It's hard for me to look at a millionaire or or a billionaire and appreciate all the little things that they potentially had to do to get there. All I see is that they are a millionaire or they are a billionaire and and almost instantly they become unrelatable. Choose FI is where relationships start. It is, we want you to relate to our content. We want you to relate to our ideas. We want you to visualize it as something that's simple. It doesn't require that you have six or seven letters after your name. It's something that you can just grab onto and do, and you don't need to have every idea. You don't need to have every skill. You can just figure out, the one or two things that you like and figure out how to implement it and drastically improve your life. And so when we're diving into these stories with Brad, I just want y'all to really focus on what his mindset was and and what he learned from that and how he implemented that in the next project. So his next one um, is really exciting and you're gonna really see how all these tied together. This makes a very, once you see his decision tree, you will understand how these came to the conclusion. So you you under, you learned about a new type of way of earning money with this last project. So initially when you when you did the Disney Saver, you learned how to get this trip for free. Very, very cool. But that's not where your learning stopped. What was the what was the next step in that, Brad?
2: Yeah. So from the blogger's perspective, from my perspective as the website owner, it was how can I help people do this? And how can I earn some money in the process? Right. And I think ultimately, if you can get your incentives aligned properly, where you're not screwing over your audience or doing something terrible, like that's not what I traffic in. Mine is win-win scenario, right? So, my thought was, here's what I can do. I can work with people essentially one-on-one. You know, kind of take it as a hybrid business. This was this was what I was thinking. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the first episode, which is taking a skill set, getting this toolbox of information that that allows you to look at problems in a slightly different way. Every single person who's in the travel blogger space, they are all about online right? It's just produce as much content as you possibly can get as many visitors. And just by sheer, the law of large numbers, you're going to make some money. Well, I realized my site was never going to get in all likelihood millions of visitors. But what I could do was look at, look at the numbers like an accountant and say, oh, wow, you know, these credit card affiliate programs actually pay reasonably well. And if I can help someone one-on-one, they can put together this trip to Disney World or wherever it may be. But I did focus on Disney. They can save thousands of dollars. They can get all these points. They can tell friends. This could spread. You know, so they're getting this trip for free. I'm getting money from the credit card company. So all that the people who I'm working with, all they had to do was just simply click on links on my website. There was no harm to them. They obviously were only going there if it was the best possible link. So again, incentives align. I realized, okay, you know, this, is a, this is something that I can be proud of, and this is something that can work you know, I literally did one-on-one coaching. So I made it a hybrid business of an online site and an actual business. I mean, I would literally get on the phone with people. I was still working then. So I I had scheduled calls at 12 and 1230. And then when I got home at like seven and 730. So, I mean, I would spend potentially two hours on the phone a day with just random people from the internet and they weren't paying me a penny at that point. Not one person ever paid me one dollar And you know it was enough that they clicked on these links, and you know some of them never did, some of them never followed through, and I never knew they could have just googled the card, right? But you know again, people want to help you out when you help them out. That's just the way the world works, and that was this business model, and you know it really worked, and you know I got my name out there. I wound up again helping other personal finance bloggers, and they would mention me in passing. It wasn't something overt that I did to get links or anything. I was just making relationships and and helping people.
1: You know I think that's a big contrast to way the way you learn about marketing in school, when you're just doing it for a class, they talk about going to a conference and taking 45 business cards and trying to get 60 business cards and doing a follow-up email. And it's it's very spammy as opposed to you have something to offer and you're offering to help somebody. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of when you view relationships and in, in, in that particular perspective, you're just about making connections and about seeing how you can help somebody, looking at their their products and services, seeing what they're offering and see how you can lend a hand with that in some way, shape or form.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And if you know me at all, as you'll, you'll get to know me certainly over the next months and years. I'm a pretty introverted guy. I go to a conference and I hang out with the five people that I know. So I'm not handing over business cards. I mean, again, it's, with me, it's creating those real relationships, friendships. These are not contrived things that you're going to a conference and doing the, the glad handing and all that, all that other nonsense. Some people do that and some people are very successful that's a different person than I am for me. It's about these relationships. So that is where is really where any level of success that, that I had came from. And then I'm sure Jonathan was going to ask this next, but I'll just kind of jump into it, which is my next project, right? So my next project was travel miles 101. right? So I realized very quickly that I could not scale my one-on-one coaching at Richmond Savers. There was only a certain number of hours in the day. And I had at that point two young daughters and I didn't want to be on the phone for hours a day, especially if I didn't know people were following through. And, you know, it was just, it just became too much. And we had a, a decent bit of traffic at that point and people were signing up and I couldn't help people in the way that I wanted to. And it just, it just was impossible. It became very stressful. And we talked about passion before. And I have a real passion for helping people save money. And I wanted to do this in the best way possible. And this method that got me from zero to a pretty successful site, this one-on-one coaching, that was wonderful for the time, but it just wasn't scalable. So that was kind of the thought process behind the pivot, I would say. And what I did was I wound up partnering up with a friend of mine, Alexi Zemsky, who has a website called Miles Dividend MD, he was another personal finance guy who was interested in travel hacking. And you know somehow or another, we came across each other, just started emailing and spoke on the phone a couple of times. Just this perfectly organic friendship like we're talking about, right? And I had this idea in January of 2015 for a travel hacking course, we called it which to people in the know in the blogger sphere it's it's just an email autoresponder but it was more than that it was again we build it as this course and it was at the time it was 30 days and you know we've iterated a, a million times since then and, and gotten it down to shorter than that but um it was an email a day for 30 days and we would give you bite-sized lessons at the end of that 30-day period you would be able to confidently move forward as a travel hacker, both on the earning and redeeming side. You know, so that was, that was what we thought of, right? So, you know, this is something that can scale because it doesn't matter if we have one person sign up a day or 10,000, it's just an email series. Right. So we spent a boatload of time putting this course together and creating these videos, creating all this content and really coming up with a sequential way to teach people travel hacking. And I guess, you know, the most interesting thing is that we started advertising this quote-unquote advertising, we'll talk about that in a minute, but advertising it before we even had a course, literally. So we are both members of the uh, mr money mustache online forum community and we wound up just putting a post saying hey everybody we'd love to help you travel hacking is perfect for mustachians mm-hmm. and this is the perfect community we want to help we're going to take our knowledge put it together in this course sign up it's free we're not looking yeah. to get anything out of you and we wound up getting something in the first couple months we wound up getting maybe like 500 people to sign up that's awesome just from this one post really essentially, cool. right? And again, we put that post up before we had created the first lesson of the course. So it was a sink or swim moment because
1: we said now before, you had a hard deadline. I mean you had you had to you had to make the product. Yeah. And that
2: that is so it was the best thing we ever did. Because we would have procrastinated in all likelihood and tried to perfect it and blah blah blah. And it would have taken it would have taken months and who knows if it ever would have gotten off the ground, right? And right. on February first, twenty fifteen, that first email was going out whether we had it or not. And I mean, I kid you not, we were still in production on like February 11th. I was of course you were, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it was hilarious. Like up, uploading the email for February 12th. I mean, like that's how just in time this was at that point. But again, taking a a, large, a step back and looking at the the bigger picture, I realized I could not possibly scale the original process I had but that I was onto something as as a business model. Yeah, This is something that people need, people can benefit from, and that I can make some money off of in a perfectly incentivized way that we, that we all win, right? And that, was, that has always been my goal. We have been intellectually honest from day one about this, and that's something that's essential to us. So that's really kind of the arc of my entire online business career in a whatever 40-minute podcast, whatever we're up to here.
1: Brad has been featured on multiple podcasts and video podcasts over the last several years. And I've always wanted to go deeper into this because it's not just the travel hacking. It's not just, it's not his specific course or his specific site. It's the perfect example that thousands of other business owners have gone through. It's this process of, Sharpening the steel and figuring out what your goal is and getting you a little bit closer and learning a new skill and then learning how to turn that. And you always hear, well, you learn best from your mistakes, or you know, well, that was his success, but he's got a lot of failures behind him that got him there. But this is what it actually looks like. I mean, this is you're not yes, yes, you have failures, but what are those actual gems that you're finding in the failures? What are those, what are those things that you're learning from and how are you using those in the next ones? And so what I'm hearing specifically in this last transition is scalability. When you take your idea and you learn all these skills, the next step is figuring out how can I reach the masses and how can I make this a win-win for me and for them? So thank you, Brad. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your story with us today.
2: Yeah, this was great. This is yeah, definitely the most in-depth I've ever gone on the, the entire arc there. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. This was fun.
1: And everyone listening to this, you know, obviously we were kind of pulling back the curtain, showing you behind the scenes, how Brad got here, what his story actually looks like. But if you are like, man, that, that travel, travel reward sounds pretty cool. I'd like to check that out. Uh, we have put together for you a free travel course that is updated and will stay updated, lev- leaning on the best minds from the travel rewards community and to access that you can find it at choose
0: slash travel. All right. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Choose F.I. Radio, the blueprint for financial independence lives here. If you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose F.I., your home for financial independence online.